right, you guys, but seriously, um, as we're looking at this whole, whole idea today of, of receiving so much from God that it literally transforms us so that we get to actually experience the life that God has for us and that he created for us. And uh, so we've been looking at this whole series, series, this whole idea that we actually do rub shoulders with each other, and there's no way to get around that. If you are born into this world, you come into a family, immediately you got to rub shoulders with your mom and dad, you got to rub shoulders with your brothers and sisters, um, you get out in the world, you got to rub shoulders at school and at work, here at church. If you're a human being, you have to run into people. Now, when you run into people, sometimes that's a really, really good thing. And we find that we can just bless each other. Sometimes people who have poured into our life have transformed us and created us, given us courage and strength and confidence. And sometimes when we run into people, it's not such a good idea. And it's not such a good thing. And people can literally tear us down. And so we looked at that last week, this whole idea that, you know what? We can't, well, in the real title of the message is, we can't do that, you guys. We can't cut each other down. We, this is not what God's plan for us in our human relationship with each other, to be ripping each other apart. So we got rid of all that stuff last week, and then this week, what we're going to look at is not what we need to get rid of, but this week we get to look at all the stuff that we get to get, what we could receive. And I just want to uh, stop and, and just think for a second. Um, well, let me just list uh, real quick. Imagine with me these character qualities, if they were actually in our life, if we had compassion when we rub shoulders with each other, and kindness, if we were humble, thinking more about the other person than we were ourselves, if we were gentle, actually had patience, if we bore with each other, bearing with each other, going through stuff with each other, helping each other out, if we would forgive each other, if we'd love each other, if when a decision needed to be made about how you were going to interact with another human being, you actually let peace be the ruling factor, that you were going to work for peace, and you were just filled with thankfulness. Can you guys imagine just for a second? Imagine your marriage right now, if you're married here, if those were actually a part of your life. Can you imagine your home? All, anybody, uh, parents in here? How many of your parents? Okay, can you imagine your home if, all, if you actually as parents had that patience and had some kindness and gentleness and if kids were responded in the same way? Imagine what our friendships could be. Imagine what your workplace could be. And you guys, when I stop and think most of all, and what I'm really excited about um, for K2 this year and as we move forward, is what could this place be like? What would this church look like if every time we rub shoulders with each other, this is how we treat each other? Because you know, as soon as you go outside these doors, the world is rough and the world is tough. And we don't get this most of the time when we rub shoulders with other people. There's a church in Chicago, they, 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 they called their uh, kind of time when, the, when, when followers of Christ would gather together, they called it a new community, because that's really what it should be. And that's the vision of what we want to talk about today, is what if, because really those are the things that every single person wants, every, every one of us desires to be treated that way, and really, if we could get to our heart, you want to be like this. And, and, and uh, up north last week, I was just asking, when we were talking about all this negative stuff last week that is in our life, when you're a follower of Jesus Christ and the opposite things are in your life, does that frustrate anybody? <laughs> anybody? Just me. Okay, all right. <clears throat> okay, now, now we're awake. So it's frustrating. You, once, and we're going to talk about this today, once Christ gets inside of you, 
You want to be these things. This is the life that we all want. It's what we want our relationships to be like. So before we jump in, and that's what we're going to look at today, is how we can actually enjoy each other. How can we actually create a community where, man, this is awesome, and we love to be together because of these things are part of our life. All right? So let's just pray. I just want to pray for you. And before we do, just let's, can we just all remind ourselves again? I, I do this almost every week, and I want you to remind yourself that when you just showed up, I don't know if you're visiting here today. If you are, we're really glad you're just here. If you've been a part of K2 for a long time, don't forget that when we just gathered in here, you just walked into this room, that when we're here, God said something. He said, when you get together, and you, with, and you're, you have me living inside you, and it's about me, I'm there. See, now, if God and his presence is in this room, you guys, then something really cool could happen. We may not just come to church today. Because <laughs> some of you just thought, you know, yeah, it's Sunday morning, you know, we got to do it, and, you know, let's just go, because, oh, man, it's so nice, let's go early so we can get out of here. And, and you're going to do your duty and go to church. How cool would it be if instead of just coming to church today, we actually engaged with God? To me. To me, that's the only reason to gather together. So let's pray, and let's ask him to meet us. And even in your own heart right now, just say, hey, God, would you surprise me? <laughs> Maybe just show up today and do more than what I was expecting when I showed up. So let's pray. God, thank you for this unbelievable, glorious morning. Man, just wish we were all outside, just basking in the creation of this day. And, uh, and Lord, we just want, I just want to start in, um, this morning by reminding all of us, you're good. You are so good. And in your very nature, everything that is you is what's right. It's what is love. And we are love. You are love, God. So every one of us, and I just pray that right now, God, I pray by the time we leave here today that every person would know that they're loved. So I just want to ask on behalf of everyone, Jesus, that you would just come and surprise us. You know what we're all bringing in here today. You know the needs of our heart. You know where you want to go and what you want to touch and how you want to meet us. And I just ask for your grace to do it. And maybe we, that we could leave this place not only knowing we are loved, but being filled up with it so we can actually offer it to each other. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and uh, grab uh, Colossians chapter 3. That's where we've been the last few weeks. That's where we're going to be for the next couple um, just again, I just tell you, if you're sitting there, lots of times people go, man, I just don't know where to read, you know, because this is a big book. This one isn't particularly, but the Bible is a big book and there's lots of places to jump in here, but uh, maybe for the next few weeks, just grab the book of Colossians and just read that because that's where we're going to be in chapter three. I want to start off, uh, with what, uh, lad taught on a couple weeks ago. Okay. And that's verses one through four, because this is what we need to remember is true before we jump into the rest of the passage. And what he says is, since then, you have been raised with Christ. So if you're a Christian, you have actually been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. He says, because you died and your life is now hidden now. Right now, today, it's hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, when Christ, capture this phrase, this is what I'm going to talk about today. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you'll also appear with him in glory. All right? So then, 
last week, what you guys heard here, if you were here last week or it's on the podcast or whatever, if you want to watch it, is because that's true, because literally what that passage is saying is Christ now is inside you. If that's true, then there's a bunch of stuff you just need to put to death. You literally need to murder. You got to get rid of this stuff because it's just not good. It's not of God and it just destroys your relationships. When we rub shoulders with each other, with everything the, the lad mentioned last week, it's just not going to be a pretty picture. Okay? So today's the more positive side. And here we go. Starting in verse 12. I'm sorry, starting with verse 9. Verse 9. Should be up there on the screen. There we are. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. See, now again, you took off the old stuff last week and practices and what that means, how you actually act. Okay, all the negative ways that we can act, all the negative behavior, you put it off, it's gone. Verse 10, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all. And he is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Be thankful. Okay, guys, so here's what I want to share with you today. And one of the things that's really key in this whole passage is one of the things we have to be really careful about when you go to church, okay? Because a lot of churches, unfortunately will say that you, there's a bunch of rules you need to follow, there's a bunch of behaviors you've got to do, and you go to church and you're just told what to do. And eventually this long list, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier, and then the next thing you know, you're a, you're a Christian. And it, it's really great. And I know, you guys, really, you should have what I have. It's awesome. I love it. I mean, you just, people look at Christians and it's the last thing in the world they want to be. See, that's just, that's, I think, to be honest with you, I think the church did that. See, church got caught up in religion and rules and regulations. And next thing you know, it just, it makes it burdensome. And when Jesus showed up on the scene, he was so angry at the church at that time, at the religious leaders, because they had heaped up so many rules on people that there was no way. The rules were actually keeping people from finding God. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you'll know the truth. And the truth will what? I'm telling you, should that be this? No, I'm telling you, man, if you have Christ, you should be free. And so, so what's the problem here? Well, let me just tell you the problem. How many of you guys uh, have your Bibles? Anybody have your Bible here? Okay, look up. Actually, um, who has the NIV? Anybody have the NIV? All right, if you have the NIV, lots of times if you guys have your Bibles, they'll put headings, right? You know, they're, they're actually not part of the actual scripture, but they'll put in headings to help you to know what this is going to be about. Somebody read really loud for me, chapter 2, verse 6. What's, what's right on top of chapter 2, verse 6 in our, in our little English Bibles here? Who's got a big mouth? Okay. Okay, okay we got it from this side. Whoever was reading over here, read it too. Okay. Okay. So in chapter 2, verse 6, the heading is, hey, what we're going to learn here is freedom from human regulations 
rules and regulations through life with Christ. Oh, you read that and you just go, awesome. Okay, and then somebody read what they put as the heading right above chapter 3. Okay, what Christians should do. And then in the NIV, somebody read what it says. Rules for holy living. I, I, I seriously, Christian and I were working on this message together and we just went, who in the world put that in there? I mean, you guys, you, you guys I don't know if you caught the humor of this. Okay, you did. Thank you. I mean, unbelievable. Here they go. Hey, we're just going to make sure you know how to be free from human regulations. All right. Now here's the rules. I just saw you, what they totally blew it, man. No, it's about your life in Christ, okay? So I want to tell you, if you want compassion and kindness, if you need patience as a parent or whatever, if you need all, if you need to forgive somebody, if you want to bear all the stuff, then you're just saying, God, if I could only be this, okay? And then you come to church and the church says, now do this. And you're like, oh, and you're trying really hard. Man, I'm hoping, Jesus, seriously, come today literally, and transform our minds and help you to understand how we can do this. Now listen, I'm in the boat. I've been practicing this this week because I had a head start on you. And I'm trying to figure out if this will actually work. And I think it will. So now here's the key, guys. There's a really key word. If you have your Bible, and you can grab a pen and circle these guys. In chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 10, the word is put on. Since you have put on The new self. So circle put on. And then in verse 12, um, circle the word clothe yourself. Clothe yourself. Okay, it's the same word. Now I know, Lad and I were actually joking about this last week. You know, uh, I I learned enough Greek just to be dangerous. That's what my teacher told me. So I'm no Greek scholar. But this word, you guys, is so interesting. It's enduo. And here's what it means. It means to enter in. This clothe, put on. It means you, you actually enter into something. And I was thinking of a, of a couple different instances where I saw somebody enter in. Uh, my, uh, Susie's mom is, a, a, is a, just a ludicrous sports fan, which is very fun for me. We get along great on, on that side of things. And so when we were still living in, in Detroit, uh, the Lions played at the Silverdome, which is this huge, you know, 80,000 seat, 20, you know, it's just a huge monster place. And so we said, well, let's take mom to a football game. And I'll never forget, you know, we're just kind of cruising along and we're in the little hallways and stuff. And then you have the little tunnel, right, before you enter into this place. And, you know, she, and my mom and mother-in-law lives out in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, so she doesn't get this experience very often. She literally walks into the stadium, comes out of the tunnel, walks into the place and goes, Woohoo! And, I mean, it was one of the coolest moments I've ever seen, man. Just, I mean, when she entered in, it's like, Whoa! Um, Susan and I recently were in Italy. Total, totally different experience. When we entered in to the Sistine Chapel, you don't go, woo or, or they kick you out. Yeah, so, because they just, you, you walk in there. And we're not there just for a few seconds. And you look up, and I look over at my wife, and tears are just streaming down her face. My, my, she loves art and loves Michelangelo. And just, you see, when you enter in, it, it, something happens. It, it, it changes, and it can affect you. The word also means to sink into something. 
You have put on the new cry and the new self. You have entered into a new self. Something should be changing. You have entered in, and then it also means you can sink into it. And the best thing I could think of was, um, you know, how many of you guys know the difference between taking a chicken breast and just flopping it on the grill, or taking a chicken breast and putting it in marinade and just letting it soak in there for a while, and then putting it on the grill? Now, which one's better? The marinade, man, I, I think. It is for me. And, I mean, what's wild is when you soak in to something, then everything that you've just soaked into actually penetrates inside of it. And it gives it extra flavor. It actually makes it more juicy. The dry stuff gets away. You have put on a new self. You have entered into a different realm. You have now soaked into something that when he gets inside you, it actually changes you. It makes you who you're supposed to be. This word is so cool, you guys. And that's where it means to clothe. So what you did is you're entering into a new set of clothing. Okay? So I went to the Utes game on Thursday. Was that not awesome? Okay, thank you. It should have been screams and yells. I mean, that was a, it, was, it, was, it was incredible. I mean, I was so exhausted by the end of that game. Uh, but, but what I thought of, you guys, I remember my dad was a football uh, coach, you know, and a phys ed teacher, and I just loved sports so much as a little kid. My second grade foot, uh, birthday party, so what do you, second grade, you turn like eight or seven? I think seven. I turned seven years old. My dad brought home the high school shoulder pads and helmets and uniforms, and me and my buddies got to put it on. We were transformed. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's so funny to me to see that picture. Literally, our shirts are hanging down to here, you know, and the helmets are waggling all over. But man, you put on the uniform and you're, you're different. And I remember finally when I was actually a freshman in high school and I literally got to put on the uniform. Man, I was a Lapeer West Panther. Go, go ye Panthers, fight for victory. You know, I mean, it transformed you. And I'm at the, I'm at the Utes game and I literally, how many of you have ever put on a uniform of any sort, and it transforms you. I mean, okay, you guys know what that feeling is. Because when you put on the uniform, I was thinking of that for the Utes players, when they slid that thing on, all of a sudden, what happens? It identifies you. I'm a Ute. I'm a Ute. And then you are not a cougar. You are a Ute. And you understand your identity and you come together because you now are valuable. You, you matter. You know, I, I just think about that. Like, you put on a, a policeman, you, or, or where's Bob? There he is. Bob puts on his fire, a fireman outfit. You put on a police outfit. We got a pilot. You put on your pilot's uniform. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, I, I am this now. You have put on a new self. You have clothed yourself with something different. And now you are a Christ follower. You are a Christian. You are a child of God. You have been adopted into the family. Mariah, Ashlyn, and Caleb are Nelsons. Right? I'm at the picnic last night. Little Kobe Jake is running by. He's a cokershite. Because they adopted him into his family. That's who he is. You put it on. I'm going to just keep going on this because I'm telling you. If we're ever going to literally change our behavior, 
You don't just work at trying to change your behavior. The first thing that has to happen is you've got to change this and this. You've got to know who you are. And then you, as the Bible told us, you set your heart on that. And you set your mind on that. On the things that are above, on who you really are. This word, when it's translated into the, in, into the English, sometimes it's translated and do. I didn't really know what that meant. So I hit the, I hit the uh, and do, and here's, what it, here's the definition. It means to endow somebody with an ability or a quality. When you induce someone, you give them an ability. You give them an equa- a quality. You have endued, you have entered into, soaked into, put onto a completely new self. You now have an ability you didn't have before. You now have qualities that are in you that you didn't have before. You are being marinated, literally, by Christ. And then the last word, what this word means, is just have. You have it. You have it. And I just knew today, some of you have so bought the lie. I have bought the lie. Because you look in the mirror and you go, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Anybody? Okay? You look at yourself and you go, what? but this is not me. And so you don't believe what's true about you if you've actually received Christ. And, and this is critical, you guys, that we understand this. This is what Christianity is all about. It's a new life. You have been redeemed. You've been reconciled into relationship. You have life. And Christ is in you. Now, so here's the question. If that is what is true, and I'm telling you, if you're a Christian today, that's what actually happened to you. See, I don't think, maybe, maybe we don't believe that. We said, no, I actually uh, said a prayer so I wouldn't go to hell. Right? Isn't that what, how many of you did that? Anybody? Okay, I did, I'll be honest. I, the first time I ever received Jesus, I was like, I don't want to go to hell. You know, I, I want a Savior. And so I had no idea that when I actually put my faith in Christ, that he came in me, and now I have a new self. So what do we do? Okay, now I got a bust. So if you got your notes, man, hold on. But you've got to know that truth. How do we take that reality and now make it true in our behavior and make it true in our practices? Number one, and most important thing, I'm going to camp on this one, then we're just going to fly through it, okay? Number one, you have to set your heart and your mind on that reality. You have to set your heart and your mind on that reality. You're going to walk out of here today And everything, everything in this world is going to make you forget what I just told you. Yeah, there's nothing. I I told last week up at North Campus, I said, there's no billboard out there that goes, hey, remember, you're in Christ. Right? I mean, you just, no, you get out there and next thing you know, it's all about do and be and go and all your value. And you just, you're going to totally forget this. You got to set your heart on this reality that you have put on a new self. You got to set your mind on this reality. It's you're different, okay? So now, I'm going to give you, from, this, from the scriptures, five things that are true about you, okay? Five things that are true about you. This is what you've got to set your heart and your mind on. The first one, I just, I really already nailed, but let's go at it again, because it's the most important thing. Number one, in verse 10, you have a new self. 
You've got to set your heart and your mind on this thing, you guys. You have a new self. Here's what's cool about this. It's a past tense, this verb is. You know what that means? It was already been done. When you received Christ, you received a new self. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Now look at this verse, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Because you might sit there and say, okay, well, I've put on a new self. You know, what does that mean? Look at this. For as many of you, any of you, as have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. See, this is the stuff we don't think about. And this is the stuff we've got to set our heart and our mind on. You guys, when you became a follower of Jesus, you actually put on Christ. What does that mean? You entered into Christ. You ever read the New Testament? Over and over and over and over and over and over again, it'll tell you you're in Christ. You're in Christ. What does that mean? It means spiritually what happened is you entered into Christ. Something changed. You're literally being marinated with His Spirit. And it's coming inside. You have a new self. And the new self, you guys, is Jesus Christ. The Bible's just telling you over and over again, I now live in you. I literally am in your heart. So how are you going to change your behavior when you're totally being a a big jerk and nothing like you want to be? The first thing you got to do is, hold on a second. Jesus is in there. And you got to remind yourself of that truth that Christ is in you. This is your identity. It's your reality. The Bible says this is the mystery and the hope of glory, Christ in you. And the key thing right there for all of you who are really screwing up bad right now, okay, and you're saying, no, I don't even know. We've all been there. It's already been done. You have put on the new self. It's just true about you. If you don't believe that, then that's your battle right there. The enemy's got you. If you don't believe that Christ is in you and you try to change your behavior, it'll never happen. Okay, that's the first one that you've got to set your mind on. You have a new self. Here's the second one. In verse, um, verse 10, it says, You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here's the second thing you've got to put, set your heart and mind on. You are being renewed. You are being renewed. Now, here's what's cool. I'm totally getting on the the language here. That means the present tense, this verb is in present tense, that means it's happening right now. You put on a new self, that's happened, but right now, you're actually being renewed. And here's the other cool thing about that word, is it's passive. What does that mean? That means it's something that's being done to you. It's something that you're actually receiving. This is so huge. You guys, when you're total... I I have words that I can't say in my head, so pray for me. Um, But when you're being a person you don't want to be, what you need to remember is, wait a second, Christ is in me, I have a new self, and I am being renewed. Philippians 2.13 says this, It is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. See, once you have Christ inside you, one of the greatest things, as he says in, Philippians, in Ephesians 2.10, it says, you are God's workmanship. So in other words, he's at work right now, every single day, inside you, renewing you, what? In knowledge, so that you can actually look like Christ. Now, what does it mean to, in knowledge? How are you being renewed in knowledge? We did a whole series last year, 
on what it actually means to know God. And here's what it is in a, in a nutshell. When you let God into every area of your life, you get to see how God works in that. Some of you have never let God into your marriage. Some of you have never let God into your parenting. Some of you are like, man, I'm here at church and that's cool, but hey, when I he'll hit the golf course or when I go to work tomorrow, you know, God, you just kind of chill and I'll see you next week. You don't let him into your life and into your world. Some of you never let God into your thoughts. And there's stuff going around in there that you know if he was in there, you'd go, whoop, you'd turn that off real quick, but you just don't let him in there. Some of you have never let God into your sin. You are so scared to let him actually in to all your screw-ups. I'm telling you, you will never know God at the level he wants you to know him until you bring him into everything. Now, the flip side of that is, then you, all the other way you know God is then you've got to engage in what God's actually involved in. If you're actually going to know God, then you need to just do what he says and jump into the things that he's about. You care about justice and you care about compassion. You give your life away. You're generous in all that you are. You, you live like him. And every time you do what God wants you to do, you get to know him. And so what he's saying is, you are being renewed in knowledge. So what we got to do, you guys, is we got to get to know him. And we got to figure out how to get him into our life and we got to figure out how to engage with him. Because knowledge does not mean sitting here and learning things and sticking them in your head. See, I, I graduated from college with a 3-5 and I knew nothing. See, everybody else thought, man, he's smart. Look, he gets to wear a robe with colors. No, I knew nothing. I knew how to spit back information. That's not knowledge. And there's way too many of us who go to church and we can spit back, I know who the 12 disciples are. I know what the 10 commandments are. You can spit back information and you don't know God. The only way you know him is you got to get him in and you got to engage with him. And that's how we get renewed. And then how are you being renewed? Into the image of its creator. You guys, here's what's true about you. God is at work within you right now. Right now. You know what he's doing? 2 Corinthians 3.18, you are being transformed into the likeness of Christ with ever-increasing glory. He's teaching some of you today. He's training some of you. Right now, he's, he's rebuking some of you. <laughs> in your own heart, man, you're so involved in stuff that's not of God, and he's in there going, uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And for some of you, he's correcting. He's trying, trying to put you back on the path. But I can tell you this, he is at work in you. All right, so there you go. You have a new self, and you are being renewed. What else you got to set your heart on, mine? There's three more things. In verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Here's three other things that are true about you if you're a Christian. The third one is this. You've got your set your heart and mind on this. You are chosen. You are chosen. You know what Jesus said? He goes, man, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. You guys, that is a huge truth in Scripture. Jesus said, no one comes to, Father unless, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him. In other words, God always initiates you. So if you're a Christ follower here today, did you know God chose you? Have you ever been chosen? You ever been? Remember those times on the horrible times on the playground? You got two captains and you're like, oh crap. You know, you know, and then you're the last one and you're like, well, okay, I'll take Jimmy. You know, I mean, it's just horrible. But if when you're the first one chosen, what happens? You go, something rises up inside of you. 
What happens if you're the one who gets chosen out of all those applicants for a job? Or you're the one who's chosen in your office to be able to give the presentation? I mean, when you're chosen, what happens? You go, I matter. Do you know that God chose you? And some of you feel so invaluable today. You feel like such a loser. The lie you believe is this one. And that's, I'll be honest with you, this is what I hear all the time. And this is why I have to set my heart and my mind on what is true. Because God chose me, man. No matter how screwed up I am, no matter how many mistakes I do, no matter when I don't follow through, I can, that's when you just want to beat yourself up and then your behavior just gets worse and worse. And no, you stop it and you go, no, He chose me. And then what did He do? The second thing, you're holy. Did you know you're holy? And again, you look in the mirror and you go, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, you are holy as God's chosen. Holy. Now, what does that mean? The word means, you guys, that when he chose you, he set you apart to himself. And he said, now you belong to me. And again, can you imagine how cool that is? You belong to God. And again, the scriptures are all over. Jesus purchased you with his blood. He said, I want you so bad. I want you so bad that I will die for you. I will purchase you with my very life. And now you belong to me. You are set apart unto me. So when you're off there, you know, looking at pornography or, you know, or, or when you're really angry at your kids or when you're stealing things or when you're all these things that you're not supposed to be, you have to stop and you go, wait a second. I have put on a new self. I am being renewed. God chose me to be holy. This is not acceptable. And the last thing is he says, and you're dearly loved. You are dearly loved. Oh my gosh, you guys, the battle in my heart and in my mind, I I can teach you all day about what it means to be dearly loved by God. But for me, I have to set my heart and mind on that truth. Because lots of times I don't feel loved by God. Lots of times I don't think He actually loves me even though I know the Bible tells me so. So maybe that's you because the reality is you are dearly loved. And you guys, if that's true, I think about my wife and I think about my kids where my my gut just rises up in in intensity about how much I love them and that is just minuscule to how dearly loved I am by God. That's just crazy. That's just awesome. You guys, you need to, if you're a follower of Christ, you need to set your heart and your mind. You need to remember this. You've put on a new self. You have entered into, you sunk into a new self. And you're being renewed. You are literally being marinated by Christ. And he's seeping himself inside you. So that all this behavior actually will become a part of who you are. You are chosen. You are holy. And you are dearly loved. And you've got to set your mind on that reality right there. Now, two really quick things. How do you do that? How do you do that? Okay, number one, if you don't read this thing, can I say something really kind of uh, intense and bad that you can maybe not like me about? I just, I, I just want to say this. I, can I say this? Okay, you're an idiot. I, I, the, Bible, the Bible doesn't use the word idiot, but it uses the word fool. In this right here is God's living and active word. That when you engage in it and you open your heart up to it, it says it is God-breathed. That means His power is in this Word. And He will teach you and train you and rebuke you and correct you 
so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped with every good work. You know, I'm telling you, Susie knows when I'm setting my heart and my mind on Christ. Susie can tell when I'm actually marinating in his word and letting it get into me because it changes me. It challenges me. It encourages me. It reminds me that I am loved when I don't feel loved. And every morning, every day, every day, God wants to speak to you and he wants to keep you. He wants to marinate in you. He wants to fill you up with what he wants to rain his grace, everything on you. And every day we're too busy for that. And every day we're too tired to get up and actually have that happen. And yet every day we'll do a bunch of other stuff that we won't miss. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. Anybody eat today? You know, I had a great muffin with with eggs and and sausage. Thank you, Candice. It was awesome. I bet you any money you're going to go have lunch today. Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you really want your behavior to change, you guys, don't just get out there and try, try harder. Oh, man, I'm still angry. Oh, I'm still... No, You've got to just marinate in Christ. You've got to set your heart and your mind on Him and let Him actually transform your heart. Okay? Here's the other way that you set your heart and your mind on Him is, man, we've got to hang out. Okay? We've got to hang out. Because, again, everything else out there is going to t- take us away from this reality. We need to be getting together with other people who think this thing. And we need to encourage each other, as the Bible says, how often? Anybody know? Daily. You need to encourage each other daily as long as it's called today because this is your truth. This is your reality. And so soak in it. And one way that you do that is you... Is so here we have, we have continued the conversation groups. We have life together groups. We have opportunities during the week for you to gather together and continue to soak in this. I just thought, you know, even in the Bible in Acts chapter 2, when the church was on fire, they met together every day. And I, I, we're not going to have church every day. That would, I think that's not what needs to happen. But I thought, what would happen, though, if every day I got together with somebody and actually encouraged each other about Christ? Coffee, lunch, early morning with some guys, whatever. Okay? All right. That's how you, I think, that's how you can help set your heart and your mind. Okay, now really quick. So what do you do when you're not compassionate and not kind? Not gentle. Not bearing not forgiving. Okay, this is how we live this out, you guys. The first thing you do is you confess it. Confess it. So actually, this is number two. Number one is set your mind. Number two is when it's not a part of you, confess it. This is what I've been really trying to practice this week. Because if you confess it, what does Jesus do? He forgives you and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. So you confess. Here's number three. After you confess it, this is the tough one, then you've got to receive it. And how do you receive it? The work of God, you guys, is to believe. And I'm, I tell you, when you are not who you want to be, one of the hardest things to do sometimes is to really believe that God forgives you. But He does. It has been done in Christ. And you receive it. And you just be free. And then number four, you, conf- you, you set your mind on it. But if you, then if you don't do it, you confess it then you receive it, and then you repent. And what that means is you were doing this. This was your behavior yesterday that wasn't good. You confess it, you receive it, and then repent means you literally turn in the other direction. And you guys, I think this is where most people don't get it. 
Because what we'll do, a guy said, we don't like to put our, last week, we don't like to put our sin to death. We like to train it. Did you, did you mention that at all, lad, last week? You know, so, so you guys, literally, you got to turn from that behavior. But then what the Bible says is, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue. So you, you get rid of this stuff, but then you got to start pursuing and, you scott it, and so then, the, and, and in closing, what the Bible says is, this passage is, so now, put on, clothe yourself with all these attributes. And again, what are they? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you, putting on love, having peace rule in your heart, and having thankfulness. So, the last thing you guys, you do, when, when you have realized that this, like, so yesterday... Just try to be honest. Uh, so yesterday, I mean, I was so, I, was, I woke up good, and then all of a sudden, man, I was just quick to anger with my kids. I don't know. I know none of you do that. But I, I, I will get, like, quick to anger. And I totally could tell you what, I was just so irritable in my spirit. So I finally, I tried this. Okay, I'm going to confess. That's not right. I confess it. I receive his forgiveness. And then I realize not, now I have to turn away from it. And instead of anger, I actually have to engage in kindness. I have to engage in gentleness. You put it on and you make it a part of your life. You guys, can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen if Jesus, who's living in us, was actually marinating within us enough that we set our hearts and mind on him so much that we actually were able to go out and have a different life? And this is what he has for us. So now here's what we're going to do to close the day. See these t-shirts over here? Okay? We have uh, the 10 qualities that are in the scripture. Over on this side, we have compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Over here, we've got bearing with one another, which, again, you guys, sometimes I think means put up with each other. There's somebody in your life, you just need to put up with them. I also think it means to bear with them, like we're bearing with Eric and Paula Winter right now. You, you, you bear the weight of what people are going through, and you walk through it with them. Forgiveness, love, peace and thankfulness and a band why don't you guys come on up and they're going to sing this awesome song that's just going to give us a chance and we're going to marinate we're going to soak in this song about the reality of how much god loves you and the reality that he's inside of you to create these qualities within you and what i want you to do while they're while they're doing this is i want you that maybe there's somebody right now in your life that you need to give compassion to that you haven't. Maybe there's someone in your life who needs kindness from you. Maybe humility. Maybe you've put yourself above somebody else and you need to put yourself underneath them. Maybe there's somebody in your life that needs gentleness from you or patience. Or over on this side, is there somebody right now that you know God is saying, you know, I want you to bear with this person. I want you to forgive this person. I want you to love. I want you to be at peace. And I want you to have a thankful spirit instead of a critical spirit. And these guys are going to sing. Sam's going to sing the song for us. And listen to the words. Realize what's true about you in Christ. And then just sit with that. And then when she's done with this song, we're going to worship. And the way we're going to worship is we're going to sing. But we're going to ask you during the time of worship to just get up. And if there's somebody in your heart that God is laying on you right now saying, Listen, I want to be this to this person. There are Sharpies on each t-shirt and you just write the name of the person on the t-shirt, okay? 
of the quality that you know that Christ wants to live through you. Alright? So let's soak in this song and the reality that God loves you, that He's in you, and that He wants to live through you to the world. Okay? And then when Sam's done, during that time of worship, any time during the worship time, you get up and you write a name of somebody that you're going to give that quality to as we leave today.